all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. Hi, welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, CW2 type helicopter pilot in Vietnam, 1969. Welcome to Veterans Radio. We're very excited to have you join us today. We've got some really great information. We're going to be talking with uh, Jeanette McMahon, who is a part of the Children of the Fallen Patriots Foundation, which is a cool organization. They help uh, with scholarships for the uh, sons and daughters of fallen heroes. And so uh, we're going to be talking to her shortly. We've got a little interview uh, with the NVVDC people about one of their business owners that utilizes their facility to become a veteran-owned business certification. And then in the second half of the program, we're going to be talking with a member of Operation Song. Uh, you remember Operation Song from a couple of weeks ago. Remember, they take the stories of veterans and they work with professional songwriters and they come up with a song. And that's what we're going to be doing today. So we're really excited about the whole concept that's going on today. And uh, if you have any questions or any comments you would like to make, you can give us a call here at Veterans Radio. The number is 734-822-1600. at 734-822-1600. Um, for those of you that are listening to this as a podcast, you're aware that this does. we post these up on uh, Mondays. Uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, so that will all be out there for you. Uh, you can go to any of your platforms and listen to Veterans Radio, just like they say, you know, ask Alexa, just say, play Veterans Radio, and there they'll be. Lots of them, because we've had over a 1,000 programs now, ladies and gentlemen. We're very proud of that, and we are coming up on our official 1,000th program in July. And in September, at the end of September, we're going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary on the air. And so stay tuned for all the events that are going to be circling around all those pretty big dates uh, in our history. You know, we can't do this program with your, without your support. And so we can't do it also without our corporate support. So let me talk about them real briefly, and then we'll get right into the program. So number one, of course, is... Uh, Legal Help for Veterans, they have been a supporter of ours right from the beginning, and uh, we appreciate all that they do for us. Uh, I want to thank them. Uh, Legal Help for Veterans specializes in veterans' disability claims. Give them a call at 800-693-4800, or you can go to their website, LegalHelpForVeterans.com, and start your claim right there. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. You want to do business with the federal government or with many corporations and they want to use veteran-owned businesses, you got to be certified to prove that you are actually a veteran-owned business. So these are the folks to go to. Their website is nvbdc.org, or you can give them a call at 888 237 8433. The Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information, you can go to their website. That's va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. We also want to thank our local veterans organizations for their longtime support as well. When we came up with this brilliant idea of doing a radio program, they were the first ones that, you know, contributed to us to get on the air. So we want to thank the uh, Irwin Prescorn American Legion Post 46. 
and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 310, both of Ann Arbor, Michigan. As I mentioned, you as a listener can also support Veterans Radio just by going to our website, veteransradio.net, and click on the Donate button. Uh, Veterans Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, so your donation should be tax-deductible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for helping. Thank you for contributing. It's it's great to have a, a, a loyal audience like all of you out there. We do appreciate that all the time. All right, so we're going to get right into our program today. And the first guest that I've got, and I asked for permission on this because she is a fellow Rotorhead, and her name is, <laughs> is Janine McMahon. She was a Chinook pilot. Uh, she retires from the military as a as a colonel. I have to be nice. So all this. But she's also the um, program director for Children of the Fallen Patriot Foundation. And they, as I mentioned earlier, they provide uh, funding for the children of fallen heroes and fallen veterans. And uh, I want to welcome her. Jeanette, welcome to Veterans Radio. Well, thank you, Dale. Uh, I appreciate being here. And thank you so much for inviting me today. I'd like to just give a nod to you. Uh, and your service. And I know that those warrants, when I was in flight school, they were the ones who taught me everything I knew. And my first units, especially at in the 101st, uh, I was a Chinook pilot and the Chinook warrants that took me under their wing uh, were incredibly talented and um, professional. And I attribute my success in my career to them. So I, I made Colonel because of uh, people like you. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Warrant officers are specialists, <laughs> so to speak, super specialists. That was it. You know, you had all that command responsibility. We had none of that. So, <laughs> I, so I admire everything that you did in addition to being a pilot, um, going along there. So you spent how, how long in the, in the service? Well, I was in the military myself in the army 27 years. And, uh, I, um, while I was in at my first assignment, I met my husband, Mike McMahon, um, who, uh, we shared 17 years together. He was a CAV pilot, uh, and I was a Chinook pilot, and we were able to share 17 years together, uh, had three boys. And um, then sadly, unfortunately, I lost him in Afghanistan. He was commanding the three-quarter CAV squadron out of the 25th ID. And uh, unfortunately, he was lost. He was a, a passenger in the back of a, a charter flight that was uh, flying between Bagram and uh, Farah, and uh, the, unfortunately, the pilots got disoriented in the mountains and and uh, crashed. So, yeah, it was it was sad. And um, certainly, you know, here I had planned this, you know, family support group for all of the families and uh, was, you know, kind of shocked at being the one that was actually being supported in the end. Um, but, you know, thank God for family and for the support of the military families um, that really, you know, helped me to get through that time. And, you know, that I, you know, I tell people that, um, the 10 years of raising my kids, you know, as a single mom was the hardest thing I did. You know, I went to West Point. I spent 27 years in the army in a non-traditional women's role. And, uh, but raising those kids, you know, on my own was the hardest thing I did. So I certainly have a new appreciation for these single moms out there trying to make a go of it. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I'm very, very obviously sorry for your loss. Um, it had to be a, a traumatic event. Not, you know, 
not only losing your husband, but also losing the father for the three boys, as you said, you spent 10 years raising them and going through, oh, now what do I do? Right, right, yeah. So yeah. How, did, how did you get involved with the, the children of the fallen patriots? Yeah, well, um, it, it was it was actually almost by accident. Um, my my son was graduating from high school, and um, the speaker was uh, General Petraeus, and um, he he wound up, you know, realizing that we were we were there, um, and um, I got an opportunity to meet him and his wife. And his wife was one of the founding members of the board of directors of Children of Fallen Patriots, and. You know, she she uh, suggested that I sign the boys up, and I at first I thought, you know, I, no, no, we're we're fine. You know, we we were officers, and there are definitely people out there who need this support. You know, beyond me, you know, and and she looked at me and she said, "You don't understand. Your husband sacrificed for our country, and the people who have given to Children of Fallen Patriots, they want your children to go to college, and they want all of these children who lost a parent in in." service to their country to go to college and not have to worry about this. And it was so healing for me to hear that, you know, that it was like, it just was so helpful for me to um, get beyond my grief, knowing emotionally that, you know, really America was behind me and supporting me in my loss and, and, and honoring Mike in his sacrifice and looking out for our children. And, and I have to credit um, the founders of Children of Fallen Patriots, David and Cynthia Kim. Um, David was a field artillery officer who uh, served in Panama during that conflict. And during that conflict, Sergeant Delaney Gibbs was killed. And he had a young wife and a young baby girl. And, you know, David wondered for years, you know, how is this girl going to get through college? And, and so he decided to start up a foundation that uh, is, you know, similar to you is now 20. Just we just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've grown to the point where we support children of all services. Um, any child that's lost a parent uh, that's service connected. And so what we do is we approach um, these children, these families come to us and we we make sure that they get like the VA benefits that they're entitled to or, and any other potential private uh, scholarships that are out there. And then we fund the rest. And what's great about our organization is we don't have a limit or a threshold um, because we want to honor these kids. We want to support them like their, like their parents would like uh, if, and if they can get into an Ivy league school or, or if they're going to go to a trade school, whatever their level of their capability is, we want to support them as best we can. So we don't put any limits on or thresholds on that, you know, what school they can get into. That, um, that's awesome. I think that is great. We are talking with Jeanette McMahon. She's a development officer for the children of the fallen Patriots foundation. And as she was just describing, they, they provide funding for surviving children to go whatever wherever they need to go wherever they can get into uh you survive and there's there's no is there a limit as to how much they can receive or is no. it no they, oh if, that's cool they want they can get into harvard we're gonna we're gonna assist that we're gonna fund that and and you know it's what we found is there's no central repository or central database anywhere that lists these children or these families um, you know, it's of course it's and it should be protected information. Um, 
So what we've had to do over the years is we've developed relationships with other organizations, other, you know, approved veteran service organizations um, and the military um, casualty offices, because now the military has the ability to ask the surviving spouses if they can share their email information for vetted VSOs, of which we're a part of, and then they can reach out to us. They now have our information. They can reach out to us. Well, you know, sometimes when the, if it's a single mom and she's got very young kids, she's not thinking about college, so she might not reach out to us. So it's great to be able to come on a show like this and talk about this and get the word out for, you know, maybe moms who went back to their hometown or to where their parents lived. They're not near the military base and they don't realize that this type of um, service and this benefit is out there for them. So it's great to be able to you know, get this word out. Um, we know we've done some studies and we know there are a little over 25,000 children that fall in this category of being eligible for these services. We have about half of those in our database. So we're still working to find the rest. And then we're also working as, as those children age into the college eligible age, that's when we start funding them. That's when we start reaching out. So okay. one thing about our organization too is that we hire um, gold star children ourselves. So our scholarship administrators who work with these families are have been through the experience of losing their parent. They've gone to school on our scholarships and then they come to work for us. And we, so we, in essence, we provide mentoring and counseling for these kids to help them, you know, process whatever they need to talk about, you know, um, it's a struggle. Sometimes college is a tough thing to, to do. And many of these um, families that we support are first generation, you know, these kids, 38% of them are the first college graduate in their family. 33% are minorities. 96% of the families, the surviving spouse is a female and 53% of them make less than 50,000 a year. You know, likely they've been having to follow their spouse around in the military and sure. so they haven't accumulated the type of resume that's going to bring in the big bucks. And so now they're in a position where, you know, it, it's tough to think about how much you're going to spend, you know, to send your kid off to college. So we want to step in and we want to provide that for them. Well, it, it, I think it's just wonderful what you are doing Um uh, again, we're talking with, with Jeanette McMahon, who is with the children of the fallen patriots. And, you know, one of the things I'm finding when we're doing veterans radio as we have over the years is that there are so many great organizations out there that, uh, just kind of, they spring up, or right, you didn't spring up 20 years ago, but you know, you, they're there for the, the benefit of the veterans and their families. It's just that we're not aware of them all. And so one of the things that we've been trying to do here on Veterans Radio, especially in the last year or so, is to highlight some of these lesser known organizations that are out there. And, um, it's not that you are lesser, lesser known, but I was not familiar with it. And I'm grateful that we found you. So if I wanted to make a donation or anybody out there wants to make a donation, how do we go about doing that? That is a super question. And so you can go to www dot fallen patriots dot org so it's fallen patriots dot org and when that page comes up you can see that we're having a gala in new york city on um, wednesday november 24th 
Um, you can sign up to come to the gala. Um, that would be one way of donating. We also have a gala coming up on November 4th in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. Um, then there's also buttons there. So if you are a family member or a student that you think you might think you might be eligible for our benefits, you go to the enroll button. It's actually really easy to enroll. Um, you just have to provide a little bit of information and then we'll actually reach out to you and we'll walk you through the process. Um, if you want to donate, there's a donate button. Um, lots of ways to kind of um, get involved and help out. Where, where are you located? We're actually all over. We support children in all all states. Um, we we have kind of a, if you will, a remote warehouse office in the Virginia area, but we all work remotely, and so we we cover um, you know students in all states. I think that's great. I just think it's great. I want to thank you so very much, Jeanette, for being on the program. Thank you for your service. Obviously, uh, not too many times I run into Chinook pilots. Well, that's not the right term. I don't want to run into a Chinook. Uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's always great to talk to other pilots of, uh, rotary aircraft. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's, you know, something that we all have in common because we've all been, what in the world am I doing here? Um, but uh, thank you. And I want to make sure to our audience again that, it, that you go to their website. It's fallenpatriots.org. And you can make a donation or you can find out more about the organization or maybe you want to get involved with the organization. And, uh, and in today's world, you don't have to be anywhere. You can, you know, you can just participate from anywhere in the world, it seems like, which is exactly what we're doing right now. So uh, we will be having uh, information ourselves on our website at veteransradio.net. And I encourage you to go to theirs and uh, help them out. You can never have too much money for scholarships. That is true. Thank you so much, Dale. And, and we appreciate being a part of your program and celebrating those 20 years together. So that's for the children of fallen patriots. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, we're going to go into uh, a next interview right now. And this is a pre-recorded interview that we did, uh, actually that Jim Falsone did with, uh, Bill Currents. And Bill is a veteran owned business and he's a participant and a member of the NVBDC. So I think we've got that queued up. So we're going to go to that right away. And then after the Medal of Honor segment, when we get back live, we're going to be talking with Operation Song. So here we go. Here is NVBDC. Welcome. I am Jim Fossone, and this is Veterans Radio's Spotlight on the National Veteran Business Development Council, known as NVBDC. Uh, this uh, is a partnership, really, between Veterans Radio and NVBDC. Uh, NVBDC is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses of all sizes. This was uh, established in 2013. It's a 501c3, uh, and it addresses, NVBDC addresses the growing need to identify and certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses for the corporate or commercial marketplace as well as uh, uh, government work. NVBDC administers a rigorous certification process designed to withstand the scrutiny of governmental and corporate entities seeking to utilize certified 
veteran-owned businesses. And we want to welcome to Veterans Radio today Bill Currens, who's one of those guys who went through the certification process. Bill, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you having me on. Well, Bill is the president and managing partner of Cornerstone Consulting Organization, uh, sometimes referred to as CCO Consulting. Uh, I believe you're headquartered down in Tampa, Florida. Uh, actually, we're in. Uh, we have three companies, Jim, that we own uh, under CCO Capital. Uh, one is CCO uh, that you just mentioned. Uh, we're uh, we're actually kind of an anti-consulting company. We were. Uh, being a, a veteran-owned company, we get in the foxhole and we actually, instead of pontificate like a lot of consultants, we actually go out and do. And we help our companies, our, our, our clients win the battle. We have a second company. Uh, it is down in Florida. That's PSS, Premier Staffing. They are also a proud member of the MVBDC. And underneath their umbrella, there's a third company in Turham HR. So the Premier Staffing, PSS, is what they go by, uh, does general staffing from technical staffing, uh, strike prevention staffing on down to just regular staffing <clears throat> like you would have in your manpower or decos or, or similar companies like that. And then the interim HR or IHR does uh, placements. So we do from anything from the CEO level of various companies all the way down to technical resources. So uh, I guess through uh, there's kind of a three-in-one bundle here and all very, very proud members of the MVBDC, Jim. Well, it's it's very interesting, the growth here, and, and I look at uh, primarily CCO, the consulting or anti-consulting, and really like the concept uh, because as uh, military folk, and I should mention that Bill graduated from the United States Military Academy at West Point in 1993. He served uh, both active and reserve duty till about 2003 and and uh, pick, subsequently picked up his master's degree, uh, MBA, in, in about 2002. But what I liked, Bill, about your anti-consulting company, and I watched some of the videos, you get in there and talk about, we're not just going to write you a report and put it on the shelf. We're going to get into the foxhole with you and down on the plant floor and figure out uh, what needs to be done. So it seems like a little bit different uh, uh, set of experiences and deliverables, maybe from your background in industry, but also maybe from some time in the Army. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I was uh, I was a uh, tanker, so I wasn't uh, a ground pounder like 11 Bravos, but spent a lot of time with them. But, um, you know, the, the war, you know, whether you're a tanker or your combat arms, um, is is one in the trenches, and uh, you have to go out and fight the battle. So what we decided to do, and, and I spent a good bit of my time in corporate America working for large companies, um, and, and not to uh, criticize them at all, but there was oftentimes consultants brought in to basically outline what we already knew was wrong, and give us a real you know pre PowerPoint presentation, a really big fee, and say, hey, here's what you need to do to go fix it. And we were like. Hey, no, we wait need a minute. Do. That's what we, we wanted you guys for. <laughs> <laughs> we we need additional calories or additional energy or additional warriors <clears throat> on the field to help us go, you know, get, uh, you know, get significant force on mass and, uh, you know, on objective here, force on objective. And so that's what we provide. We see, you know, my partner who is not a military member uh, that started this with me, Scott Wozniak and I uh, have a very similar mindset. And then Chris Ostrander, who's a 1991 grad of the academy, he was the former president of Cooper Tire and CEO of AP Exhaust, joined us two years later uh, in 2017. And uh, we said, hey, we've got to design 
something different here to be able to help our clients in times of need. So although we're in the consulting space, essentially we provide subject matter experts, whether it's injection molding, CNC programming, stamping, uh, die casting, any type of assembly, robotics automation. Uh, we have a, a bunch of skilled experts. And, and, and here's another hit for the, you know, uh, a, a thumbs up for the MBBDC. Um, we have, they have helped us grow so much just the connections that we have that we are now a corporate sponsor along with being a proud member for our companies. And they have a database, which has helped us grow of technical experts coming out of the military. So I do want to get it on record here, Jim, anybody with a technical career, mechanic, uh, robotics uh, systems, anybody transitioning, um, you know, I would definitely look at if you want to make a single shingle or your own business, give it the MVBDC that can help and get in their database. And also, you know, to contact us direct because many of our folks that we use are veterans and a lot of that comes from the database in the MVBDC. So yeah, we got warriors that go out and actually get the job done. Well, you jumped uh, ahead of me a little bit, which is great. Uh, some of the value of being with NVBDC, but talk to me a little bit about the decision to go ahead and get certified and the process in doing that. We were one of the early adapters. I think we were year two or year three. And, and you know, we had a tremendous amount of frustration, you know, not to beat the government processes up, but everybody knows it's very bureaucratic. Um, we, we got our VCE certification, but it just seemed like there was a lot of fraud going on out there. Anybody could just claim or make up stuff that they were um, a veteran-owned company. And that made the competition, you know, a lot more wonky. I mean, there, we saw anything from, like, Somebody, you know, adds a veteran to a board and said, hey, we're veteran owned that doesn't interact with the business to, um, you know, just some, some really weird stuff um, that, that we saw with other investors taking advantage or, and, you know, even, you know, going online. I mean, you could go online and fake a copy of a DD-214. Um, so we wanted a trusted, uh, you know, certifying body. So we did some research and we found out about Keith King and what he created. And I want to go on record and say Keith King is a remarkable, honorable Vietnam veteran. I want to say it again. He's a remarkable hero, American hero. What he's done and the sacrifices he's made behind closed doors to fight for our veterans is, is amazing. And the team he's put together is amazing. But what they do is they draw the line. They make sure that you are truly a veteran, that you truly own the majority of the company, that you truly are engaged in the day-to-day, that your DD-214 is legit. Um, So they take care of folks that are truly veterans. Uh, And because he's done the right thing, taken the harder um, path than the easier wrong path that a lot of these certifying bodies have done, um, he has now became, uh, and, and well, not Keith, but the MVBDC has become the, the nation's largest certifying body. And uh, they help on both ends. They help corporate sponsors uh, be able to, you know, access legitimate veteran-owned companies of value and those folks that will go out there who have fought wars, who sacrificed for a nation to help give back. And uh, and also gateway the veterans to massive companies, Walmart, Chase, Ford, GM. Uh, so it's a wonderful organization. So I do want to give a plug in for them and what they've been able to do. And again, for us, it's been extremely beneficial to have this relationship. And what we're doing also is it works both ways, Jim. So we are now bringing some very large, iconic American companies 
like Packard, which is Kenworth and Peterbilt. They are so good at supporting vets. Not a member of the MVBDC yet, but they're going to be engaging as a as as a, as a big time member. You know, Mercedes uh, uh, U.S. Uh, you know, MBUSI Mercedes Benz U.S. International. They're a client of ours. They're very interested. You walk into their plant in Tuscaloosa, veterans all over the walls, what they support. But yet unfamiliar with the MVBDC. So also anybody who's listening that is a member of the MVBDC with your clientele base, get the message out because what we want to do is help accelerate the MVBDC to be, you know, the this large unifying body to help gateway veteran-owned businesses to the the, the large players because it's a – it's a win-win for both. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Gunnery Sergeant Fred Stockham gave his gas mask to a wounded man in France in World War I. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at one 800 693 4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. During an intense enemy bombardment with high explosive and gas shells which wounded or killed many members of the company, Stockham, upon noticing that the gas mask of a wounded comrade was shot away, without hesitation, removed his own gas mask and insisted upon giving it to the wounded man, well knowing that the effects of the gas would be fatal to himself. He continued with undaunted courage and valor to direct and assist in the evacuation of the wounded until he collapsed from the effects of gas, dying a few days later. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. You know you don't have to wear your PT gear anymore, right? It's comfortable. So how's civilian life treating you? It's fine. When I got out, I didn't want to admit that there was anything wrong because it felt like a failure. And then I realized, like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. So I started talking to someone. Maybe you are fine, but if you're not, it's okay. Thank you. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. Okay, we are back here on Veterans Radio, and joining me right now on the line is a songwriter named uh, Tom McElvin. Elvane, probably. And uh, Tom is uh, working with Operation Song. And for those of you who have been listening to Veterans Radio, you know that Operation Song is a group out of Nashville, Tennessee. And what they do is they pair up a veteran with a songwriter and they write about the veteran's experience. Well, Tom is the songwriter today. So, Tom, welcome to Veterans Radio. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to talk with you, and as I am with all the songwriters that I've had the privilege of, of speaking with here on, on Veterans Radio. Um, I did have to ask you, you are down in Texas, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm actually calling in. We're, I'm right up on the Red River, and we're getting hammered off in all the storms, and I live out in the sticks. So oh, I forgot to play it safe and call in. <laughs> that's all right. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we did try a Zoom connection earlier. Um do you happen to know or know of Michael J. Martin? Michael J. Martin? Um, not right offhand, no, sir. Okay, he was a veteran troubadour from my generation. Um, and I know he's out there. He was, he was, uh, out there in Texas somewhere, but, uh, 
I figured all you guys are sort of alike, but I've, I understand that you that are just getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, you know. I'm from New Jersey originally. We can fit about 20 of them inside of Texas, probably more than that. Uh, um, so how did you get involved with Operation Song, Tom? You know, um, I really didn't uh, think about that till I uh, asked about this interview, and I thought, man, how did that happen? And I, I remember um, I worked with a photographer um, on a project years ago, and we became friends, and then he built a friendship with um, – Patricia Espionazo, and uh, she wound up um, becoming part of this program, Operation Song, and, and um, they were looking for an artist to fill a spot in Tennessee at the Franklin Theater. Um, and they talked to Mike Byer, and he reached out to me, and I, I, I'm honored to do anything for the troops, and I was honored to, to, to be asked to do it, but I'd never written with any of their, uh, their veterans, and so they asked me to sing one of um, Bob Regan's songs that he actually wrote. So that was a huge honor. And then they gave me a call back to come and actually write with um, a fella um, back in February. And and I guess they, uh, I guess I'm part of it now. They keep calling me back, so I guess I'm part of it. <laughs> it's it's like fishing. Once they hook you, they just keep reeling you in. <laughs> um, I told them anything they need from me, I'm on board. Well. Um, the, the song that we're going to be playing in just a little bit, you wrote with uh, Christian LaRusso. And um, yeah. un- unfortunately, we weren't able to, to hook up with, with Christian. Um, can you tell me a little bit about his background in the service? As far as the service, um, we we didn't really touch into his background. Uh, basically, we, we um, dealt with what was the issue at hand, which was um, the aftermath of 30 years of working for the NYPD in the Bronx and the stuff he saw and the people he couldn't save and the effect it took on his family and his marriage. And, and like I said, this was my first time to approach this with, with, with someone. And, and I basically just, you know, let them lay it all on me. And then we sat down and tried to figure out what it was they wanted to say. And that's how the song kind of came about. Well, I, d- I did do a little research on on Christian and found out that he had um, obviously, if you're, you know, if you're a policeman in anywhere near New York City, you're going to be exposed to a lot of violence and so forth. But he was he was known for uh, saving a one year old boy who had um, uh, passed out due to a seizure and uh, ended up on all the news stations in New York, which is kind of a big deal. And um, I, I thought that was really an interesting story, and, and I'm sure that yeah, you mean, know something. Very, I mean, we talked about that. Just the sad thing is, is that was one out of a million that were lost. You know, right? So it was, yeah. It was. A, he felt like he was just going every day and just throwing lifelines and not helping anybody. And there's the magic word right there: the lifelines. Yeah. Yeah, that was when I heard it. I knew that's what the song was going to be based around, right there. And I, I was I was thinking about that now that you, now that you mentioned it. Um, you know, when you think about a policeman's career, you know they never know exactly what's going to happen next. And right. you know they could they could go out for a you know a domestic violence call or even a traffic stop and you know run into somebody who's you know just kind of off the edge of the world and. Um, you know, their life really is on, on the line and they do need 
they do need assistance and they do need help. And I'm, I'm really grateful that finding out that Operation Song is also reaching out to first responders to um, put these songs together. So why don't, why don't we listen to this song? I'll, I'll let you set it up. Why don't I let you set it up? Okay. Um, and, um, basically, uh, then, then we'll... after listening to the stories and everything, and I'm, you know, having having some time just to really reflect on on all of it, and just you know, building a a bond that fast. I mean, we we just met that afternoon. Um, I just wanted to know, you know, what he wanted what he wanted to get through in this song. Was it something he needed to just paint a picture of so he could feel better about it, or did he have a message? And it turns out that he does have a message that he, he does, he was or planning to uh, get into counseling and helping people and making that his new goal in life to help people that have had all this trauma. And um, I think the one thing that weighed on him the most was the fact that it destroyed his family because he never had a regular family life every day, knowing that it may be the last day he comes back. And um, so I tried to paint a picture of... Um, you know, him leaving the house and going off into it every day and and how how everyone around you can't see the coat of paint you're putting on yourself every day to cover you up from everything until all of a sudden you're, you just don't seem to to connect or click with anybody else around you. So in the best way I could, um, I crafted the song together for him. Why don't we, why don't we play the song? And then we, when we come back, we can talk about it. So this, the song is entitled Lifelines uh, by Tom McLevin, and you you sing it as well. Are you the, you the singer as well, aren't you? Yes, sir. <clears throat> yes, sir. I wrote it and sang it. Uh, we pretty much recorded it all right there that day um, when we did everything. Um, like I said, I, I just got in from Florida. I did a 15-hour drive to be there and met him, did the program, wrote with him, and then... That was that was it. It was like a twenty-four hour program programming, and it was uh, it was intense. It was in, in fact, it didn't hit me till weeks later when I got home, and it all kind of hit me. And I was like, "Wow, that was that was some that's some heavy stuff laid on me." <laughs> <laughs> I can I can understand that. Well, let's listen to this song, and our audience can decide about some of the heavy stuff that was laid on you. <laughs> that face in the mirror, it ain't the one. Walking out that door Where the wolves are waiting Hungry for some more Where twelve souls will judge me If I make one mistake And if I fail Six will carry me it's like throwing lifelines into the song. Some souls are lost, some are won. But when it gets to be too much, I just want to run I'm needing a lifeline of my own Would you be one? 
Okay, that was uh, Lifeline, I, I, but still the message is very strong there. And um, yeah, we're yeah. talking, we're talking with Tom McVeigh, um, right? Mac McElvain. Uh, McElvain. McElvain. I want to make sure I got that yeah. right. Um, uh, yeah, you'd be the first if you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that mistake, my own. Um, that that was that was a, that's powerful. Just, just the lyrics are are so meaningful. I, I can only imagine. I can only, I can see all those, you know, police officers out there, first responders, if if they get the chance to hear this song, just going, yeah, that's yeah, me. That's exactly. I, I was, I was, uh, oh, I said I was, I was just feeding off of him and his stories and what he and what he was trying to say. And, and the bottom line basically was. There's so many of us or them out there that are, they have to push that down and keep going forward. And eventually, you know, we're only human and that can catch back up and, and really do damage. So it was uh, trying to open up, I guess, a, a, a way to converse about the situation. I, I, yeah, I think that that's, that's really important. I mean, I, I have, I know someone who is a, 
retired policemen, you know, a couple of retired policemen. And, and, you know, they're, they're, while they were policemen, as you said, your, your analysis, I thought was really kind of cool. You know, they paint themselves over. So some of the, these things can't get in. Right. And, you know, and now they, they start peeling those different layers away you know, once they're out of it or they're retired and so forth. I thought that was, you know, really interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's been, it's been a journey for me as well, just um, getting that close to the stories. You mentioned that it didn't hit you until a couple of weeks later. What 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 did you mean by that? Um, I, I was running pretty fast pace, hitting all the shows and doing all the programs, and, and just I do a lot of different stuff for songwriters and, and, and whatnot. And when we did that, <clears throat> I, um, I came home, it was about a four hour drive and I unpacked the next day and then kind of did my thing. Then the next day I had a meeting with some sponsors and I was sitting down with them, explaining it to them. And it was just like all of a sudden a wave of emotion hit me out of nowhere. And I was just became real emotional. I was like, wow, hold on guys. <laughs> Sorry about this, but I think everything just caught up with me. <clears throat> So it was, it was, uh, it was surreal for sure. Well, you know, I, I just think it's terrific that, that, that you were able to do that and that you're getting, you know, involved with Operation Song. And I'm sure after, you know, when they see the results of this song that you will be called back again. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think I've actually got a, um, a program, um, in a couple of weeks that I'm going to go do back at the same program down in Bandera at Warrior's Heart. For him, so okay. Well, <clears throat> you, you've been writing some music for a long time, haven't you? Uh, yeah, about twenty years. I'm just now starting to get the hang of it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did a lot of honky tonking and playing music, and you know, living the life for fifteen, twenty years, and then a buddy of mine took off that I was running with, and I ended up getting some songs with him and they got me in to start out with other artists. And now I'm, I'm just, uh, turning around for content and meeting people and, and enjoying life, but I'm writing for these younger artists and whatnot. I, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I, you know, in the today's world is so easy to find out about people. And, uh, you know, so I Googled your name and brought up some other songs that I thought were really cool. I mean, they weren't part of operation song, right. but, um, I, th- I thought they were really interesting, and I would encourage our audiences to uh, check out your music. It's, it's Tom okay. McElvin, and that's M C E L V A I N, and uh, it's it's just cool. I I, I really enjoyed the, those songs. That's why I, it kind of reminded me of, of, as I mentioned before, the Michael J. Martin type of, yeah. of songs. You know, where he and just that, tells that's stories. The, that's the basics of you know. The Texas songwriter. Um, I've, I've traveled all over and done all kinds of things, and I'm dabbling in different kinds of music. And I don't consider myself, you know, singletary in any kind of genre. But you know, in the end, I'm still just a traveling storyteller, and um, I've, I've embraced that a lot more in the last few years, and it's, it's been pretty cool. Well, they are cool, and they're good stories too. I'm, I'm really happy that you're going to become more and more involved with uh, with Operation Song. And I want to thank you so very much for being on Veterans Radio today and uh, sharing Lifelines yeah. with us. For for the audience, if you want to listen to Lifelines, it's probably a nice, clean 
uh, version of it, uh, go to Operation Song, and it's right there on their main page. Um, it talks about their event that they held, what, in February? Yep, February. Um, we had, uh, I think, seven songs written that day, and that, they were all incredible songs. I, it's amazing. It really is an amazing. It's an organization that you as listeners out there, you can um, uh, donate money to, and you can order their songs. And they, they, they have songs about everything. They have songs about, as you know, today's first responder, but they have gold star families. They have uh, women veterans and younger veterans, older veterans. Everything is in there and the music is just fantastic. And it's all in today's world. It's all true. It's all based on actual true stories. That's what I find so interesting. Yeah, me too. And when I, when I first got approached about it, obviously I wanted to know more know what I was getting into and everything, knowing, you know, the logistics of what was going on with the songs and the sales and all that. And, and, and there's no no profit. It all goes to take care of the, the, the camps and programs where they can put the the, the people and us together um, so we can sit and have these talks and have lunches and write these songs. And it's I, the brotherhood was uh, – was intense. Um, I've, I come from a long history of military, but I couldn't get in that scoliosis back in '88 or something like that. And mm-hmm. I always felt like I missed on that brotherhood. And um, being a part of this has really filled that hole for me and just given me a way to give back. So it's really important to me. This whole program is. Well, I I, I think it's great. I think it's great. And I want to thank you so very much for being on the program, Tom. And again, I encourage our audiences to go to operationsong.org. You'll find just beautiful music and beautiful stories. Thank you. Beautiful people. Yeah, they are. They're incredible people. That's for darn sure. Um, mm. Thank you very much, Tom, Tom McElvain. We'll have you <laughs> back on again. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm a German Irish, so I don't like myself at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's true. Uh, just to remind our audience that we are going to be featuring songwriters and veterans from Operation Song. Uh, the first, the first, um, what was I going to say the first Sundays of every month, and so make sure you to tune in in June and find out who we've got on and what the music is going to be all about. But again, of course, I encourage you to go there to their website, operationsong.org and, you know, support them as much as you can. I think it's, you know, there are so many organizations out there. And of course, we're also asking for sponsorships and so forth ourselves. But, you know, you can take it, you know, divide it up a little bit and, you know, give them some, give us some, give the fallen patriots a lot because they're, you know, the, the programs that they're involved with is just, are, are just awesome. And I know I want to thank Jeanette for being on the program and telling us all about the organization, the children of fallen patriots. Uh, it's cool. And thank to Jim Fasson and his interview with Bill Currents, uh, for the NVBDC. You know, this organization is, is helping veterans businesses. You could hear Bill's, uh, excitement level growing about talking about, you know, working with NVBDC and the connections that he's making with them all the time, helping their businesses grow. So if you are a young or even old, young veteran-owned business, you ought to check those things out. I I think you'll find them very interesting and very helpful. Excuse me. Uh, And the next week, our program is going to be on Mother's Day. 
And so we've got uh, Jim Falcone will be having that program. And then we'll, we'll be back at the end of the um, a month with our benefits program and probably a combination of a benefits program, Memorial Day program at the end of the month. Um, mark your calendars. I got two dates for you, folks. July 9th is going to be our 1000th program. And September 30th, I'll be corrected if that's wrong. Uh, we are going to have our annual fundraiser, uh, river, uh, radio on the river. And it's also going to be our 20th anniversary celebration. So because of all of you, we've been able to do this for, for 20 years because of you, because of the three other partners that I had to start this whole thing. Gary Lilly, Ken Rogie, Bob Gould. Um, we couldn't do this without your help and without those, uh, three individuals. Uh, helping me put this whole idea together. We're going to go out on a song today that I think is really interesting. Obviously, I've been playing it a couple of times over the last couple of programs. And it is uh, God Bless America. So let me give you a little bit of background on God Bless America, because I did not know this. You know, we all know the song from Kate Smith. And we have played that many times here on Veterans Radio, trying to convince people to uh, you know, listen to the song because it always brings a tear to my eye. I can, I can remember, uh, seeing Bob every time we would play it, you know, raising his hands and just, you know, it always cheers you up. The quick, the quick version of this is that the story behind God Bless America is that this simple one verse song was written by Irving Berlin and it became an overnight hit. He said it, it's not a song necessarily. It's not a patriotic song. It's a th- song that is an expression of gratitude to what this country has done for its citizens and what home really means. Today, many Americans consider God Bless America an unofficial national anthem of the United States. Um, this was originally written along right at the end of World War One. But uh, Kate Smith asked for a song during the 1930s, and she said, I want to hear a patriotic song. It's going to just... So he went back and dug this out, and she sang it on the radio for the first time, and it's gone from there. The, the version we're going to hear today is one that I found online, and it is uh, re- sung at the 2013 World Series in Boston, and it's sung by uh, retired Marine Sergeant Dan Clark. It's a great version of it. I hope you enjoy it. And I know that we're going to be able to, uh, it's going to make you tear up. I'll bet you. So, you know, remember every time you hear God bless America, that is, you know, it's to show us how grateful you should be for being here. It doesn't make any difference what your political stances are. This is a song about us and who we are and what we represent to the world. So that's what, uh, the reason that we're playing this for you or why I'm, I'm doing that for you, um, every week. From here on out, every time I'm on here, I'm going to end the program with a different version of God Bless America. So I see see I've got my timing coming out here now. So this is Dale Thromberry for all of us here at Veterans Radio. Until next week, you are dismissed. And now for the singing of God Bless America, please welcome retired United States Marine Sergeant Dan Clark. God bless America, land that I love.
stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. My